0: right here on girl boner radio welcome back everyone i'm your host august mclaughlin and i'm so glad you're listening and here's what i want to know what do you look for in a potential partner do you approach dating with an open mind or does your must-have list look a little like santa's scroll what dating mistakes have you made or caught the brunt of and what if you fall hard for someone who has completely different sexual interests than you do Today, we're going to explore these topics with an expert who is returning for her second appearance, Marnie, your personal wing girl. She's known for being the female friend guys love having in their back pocket. She has a lot to say about dating, communication styles, and more. Before we dive in, a quick reminder that you can now pre-order my new books, Girl Boner and Girl Boner Journal on Amazon, Target.com, and BarnesandNoble.com. I wrote both books with anyone seeking more pleasure and sexual embracement in their lives in mind, and people who want to have rewards from both of those things. Through August 7th, you can now enter to win a free $100 gift card from the Pleasure Chest and a Fun Factory Stronic G, a toy designed for hands free G spot stimulation and massage. And the Pleasure Chest, as you all know, is an incredible sex positive store with locations in Los Angeles, New York, and Chicago and a very robust online shop at thepleasurechest.com. So to enter the sweepstakes, just pre-order Girl Boner on Amazon, upload your proof of purchase, or submit a postcard to the sweepstakes entry link, you can find that in this episode's description on your podcast app. You can also find it on my blog at augustmclaughlin.com. My website, by the way, guys, has a whole new look thanks to the wonderful Laird of Memphis McKay. I hope you'll stop by and check it out. I would love to hear what you think. And if you're an author or a creative entrepreneur and you're seeking a new website, check out memphismckay.com. Laird is amazing. Now I'm so pleased to welcome Marnie, a female dating coach who has spent the last decade helping tens of thousands of guys in the dating realm. She's the founder of the wing girl method and author and creator of programs she has custom made based on feedback research and interviews with over seven thousand women including the f formula your wing girl guided blueprint for combining the nuts and bolts of female psychology with your genuine personality for effortless flirting attraction and escalation with any woman learn more at winggirlmethod.com thank you so much for being here Margie. you are
1: so professional i have a podcast called ask women i, I, I don't even know who's coming Onto the show half the time. You do? <laughs> like that was so organized and so Aww. professional. So I really appreciate that. And Is that I understand part of your that shtick? I do like that.
0: you don't want to know anything. You just kind of want to dive in.
1: Most of the time, yes. And I'll call it a shtick, but it's really just laziness. <laughs> that's the truth. But, I, but most often, like even when I do interviews for media stuff, if they say, Do you want us to send you over questions? I'm like, No, because it psychs me out. Mm. And I like to go off the cuff because then yeah. I feel like that's the real information. There's something about said.
0: that too. I prefer just winging it a lot of the times. Yeah. You know, there's something about the spontaneity. And unless somebody's asking you about like statistics or something like a study, and then I'm like, just just let me know what it's going to be. Because even if I wrote something,
1: I may not remember the exact details. Right. For things that you actually have to research. But most of the time, I'm sure people are asking you about your opinion, your belief system. You know that very well. You own that. And that's what you put out onto your show and your book all the time. And same with me. That's what I'm owning. So I I know what I think about things.
0: Which is so great. I love how you have these strong opinions. I find a lot of what you do incredibly empowering and not just for guys. I feel like people across the gender spectrum can learn from what you talk about which i
1: think so too thank yeah. you for saying that yeah good
0: good so i'm really curious about your opinion on a study speaking of studies oh god now i need to be prepared i won't ask you any numbers okay. i promise so it just came out in psychological science and it was researchers at australia's queensland university of technology and they looked at australia I know. Just, so this I'm might joking. not be I'm totally so
1: America no, I'm contingent. Joking. I'm Canadian, so I shouldn't be making
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, but the participants were ages 18 to 80. And we, okay. they were looking at the different dating behaviors of men and women who dated all different orientations, different genders, to kind of find someone online. So when they were online dating, they found that women were much more likely to be picky. Like they were looking for specific kinds of education levels they were pickier about age as well which yeah. is interesting because I think guys have a reputation for always wanting like someone much younger yeah. but they actually found that the the guys were much more open-minded and less picky I wondered just just hearing that obviously you haven't read this study but do you feel that in general and again I hate to do like broad stroke generalizations but do you think that a lot of times women might have higher standards or be a little bit more choosy
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, It's a simple answer, yes. I think depending on their age and their past experience as well, and this can, this can be true for some men, um, that's the way that they select, plus they have an ideal visual in their mind of who they'd like to be with and whether, you know, they've decided if those people fall into their that category. So I, I was out for dinner with a friend of mine last night, and she dates a ton. She's 34 years old, and um, she was saying there's this one guy that she is dating now who, I mean, maybe I won't give too many details, but he happens to live with his mother still. He's 29 years old. Um, but he's super awesome. So, so in her ideal, she would have wanted that person who has a great job, who has security for themselves, who is an older age so that it goes with what she wants. And if she were to go online, she would have never selected this guy that she's now attracted to who, who is 29. Um, making very little money but living his passion um who is living with his mother who really doesn't have much direction for larger things what i'm saying is that the ideal of what you would shop for online is very different than the reality of what you select and what might be good for you in person so i completely understand why that study has those results because in people's minds That's the way that they would select, but in reality, that's not how people actually select. And when it's
0: also accessible, I saw this documentary on, I think it was ABC, that it was also looking at online dating. And it's like, when you have so many choices, it's like a big menu, yeah. You know, so it's not the same thing as walking into this place where there's all these different people, and oh, I happen to be attracted to this person. Oh, and, oh wow, they also happen to not be what I would have expected. Yeah. Whereas if you have a zillion choices,
1: I'm trying to shop for a table right now. It's yeah. freaking hard online. I can't yeah. like. So if I had that many options in front of me for for individuals to date and to partner up with, mm-hmm. I'm gonna want the cream of the crop, and I'm not gonna know that I've found that cream of the crop because there's a million other choices that keep popping up for me. I'm yeah. looking on a page for CB2, and like, there's a big thing popping up on my page telling me about on Overstock there's a similar table that's less expensive. So if I'm constantly bombarded with all these options it's going to make it very difficult for me to select something and move forward.
0: So how do people find that place where they are upholding their own standards and sticking to their value system, but also not limiting themselves. Because they
1: have to actually think about it. And that's what most people don't take the time to do. You spend years in school learning how to be XYZ, whatever you're doing for your your occupation. But you don't do the same thing when it comes for your choices in life. Because all
0: you got to do is swipe.
1: exactly (laughs) all you have to do is swipe and nobody's really forcing you to sit down and say okay what do you want who do you want what will you accept what are your boundaries and so most of the programs that I have that's one of the first steps Always, no matter what, if they're trying to flirt or if they're trying to approach women, if they're trying to have sex with whatever it is, there's that base level first that needs to be covered of like, let's get really clear on what it is that you want so that if you know what you want, then you can go after what you want and you won't be swayed by other people telling you what they want and what you should want.
0: Yeah, I love that you mentioned having an idea when you're going out into the dating pool that you are having some intention because... I know you talk a lot about dating mistakes and you have like a free ebook on your website of dating mistakes that that guys make. And I was asking people on my Girl Boner uh, Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash my Girl Boner and about their own dating mistakes. That they have made. Yeah. And most of them came to me for, through private messages because I realized I just asked a really vulnerable question. It's much easier when you say, What mistakes have other dates made? Right, exactly. <laughs> and then, then everyone they're like, always sure, tells me. I'll put that yeah. out there. This time people were like, um, Actually, guess what I did? It was like confessional. But uh, one of them was um, not getting clear on similar goals. So there is a woman, she also dates women. And she said that when she was out dating, she was looking for casual sex and having fun because she was getting over a serious relationship. and and she ended up with somebody who only wanted a serious relationship. Yeah. And she said she broke her heart and she felt so bad.
1: Yeah. And that's difficult yeah. to find out those things in advance. I really it do is. wish it was like the old days when they had dances and people could write down. Like square like dancing. who they want to dance with. Like at, what was it called? Uh, oh, the da- dance cards. Like a dance card. Like I want to dance with you and that's all I want is to dance. Like yeah. I wish there was something like that. Even if you go on to online dating sites, I don't think that a lot of people really put out there what they're looking for because they're afraid it's going to dissuade some people from looking at their If profile. you're too like, specific, maybe. Yeah, but at the same time, you're going to attract the people into your life that are going to be on the same page as you but it is very challenging because no matter what you're going and you're using this app with your own intentions and you might be assuming that your communication style or the way that you're expressing yourself or the way that you're dating is saying i don't want anything serious but that other person has their own intentions so they're going to interpret any of your actions in a way that will fit into their intentions Mm. so it becomes a mishmash but At the same time, it sounds like this girl ended things when she realized things weren't going in the direction that both of them wanted. And that's the chance that you take. That's what happens when you date and interact with other people.
0: That's a good point. Because rejection, hardship, hurting someone's feelings, all those things can happen. Mm -hmm. And I have found that women in particular seem to have a hard time kind of letting a guy
1: down or letting or anyone down oh yeah we just talked about this on our podcast Did like you? how yeah. difficult it was because somebody wrote in saying do women um get a thrill out of rejecting men do they like it and so it was three women who were on our show the other day and all of us were like no it's the worst thing in the world yeah Listen, my heart women- ached when you said that oh yeah there might be some women out there who they've been rejected and they've got to like you know tit for tat gotta get that out there and put on somebody else But I would say that's 5% of the population. Nobody enjoys hurting somebody else. Mm -mm. Even when you have a
0: really rocky relationship. Can I confess to you the worst letting someone down I ever did? Yeah. It's horrible. Nobody do this. So I decided to, I thought it was romantic to write a song to break up with someone and I mean that's romantic. <laughs> it sounds romantic. Maybe it was, was in a rom com a afterwards,
1: right? Yeah,
0: I was trying to like, oh, we can part ways, and it'll be. Uh, but it didn't go very well. He was. We were very what very did different. You sing. Okay, here's the name. It's really embarrassing. I (laughs) I don't know. What do you say? Well, it was called "Came and Went," and I didn't mean anything sexual by that. Um, But I was trying to do this whole like, the breeze comes in sometimes at least. Like it was, I was trying to be deeper than I actually could be at 22 or whatever age I was. And so, and I was dating this. He was in a field that's like very analytical, and we didn't get along really without alcohol. Mm -hmm. which is a big red flag, right? We couldn't really talk because I was like this sort of very dreamer, kind of really into creativity, and he's like very structured and all this stuff. And it just was not working. And so I thought that this song would be obvious. And at the end, he held me so close that I thought he got it, but he was so touched that I'd written a song. So then he came to my gig and I sang it and I didn't know he was there. And when I introduced it, I said... You know, this is a song I just wrote about. It's actually a breakup song,
1: and I heard him go, and I almost. He thought you were proposing to him with this song. Something, man, (gasps) that's horrible for him. So
0: bad, yeah. I mean, my intentions were good, but, but yeah, nobody, nobody do that. Do you think there's any good way to go
1: about? that i i feel like i think the quicker that you can do it and the more honest that you can rip be and honest band- tact, i think the better if and don't leave any room wiggle room for an opening especially if it's a man breaking up with a woman well, with a woman you have to say i don't want this like you have to be very clear on i do not don't want say, to be with you don't say i need space or right. just then it's don't like know. oh he's just afraid and blah no it's i, I don't want to be with you it's, okay. It's, Be but direct. It, Well, not that direct. Like, but say, like, this isn't what I'm looking for. I don't think we're a good fit for each other. Um, and I'm I'm going to move on to other places. But I do think you're wonderful, and I hope that you find somebody that you match up with.
0: Do you feel like people take it better than we might
1: realize? I think people appreciate it later on down the road. I think no matter what, in today's climate, like, everybody can interpret – Everything is something jerky or being an a-hole or they 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 just want to put their anger somewhere Mm -hmm. so even if you have the best intentions just like your song and you think you're being extremely clear that other person whatever's going on with them they're going to interpret it any way that they want to
0: and what about doing it through text phone all that stuff
1: do you feel like in person has to be the way well it depends how long you've been dating this person for but if you've gone on two dates with somebody and like you're kind of you know drifting apart Mm -hmm. and maybe she's Constantly contacting you, or he's constantly contacting you. You can quickly nip that in the bud and just say, like, I've been giving it some thought, and I just don't see that we're a good match for each other. But I think you're awesome. Like, good luck to you. Obviously, finesse that a little bit for your own personality, yeah, not verbatim, but something yeah. But to basically that saying, effect. like, I'm just not feeling that chemistry I was hoping for, or I think we're looking for different things. I'm looking for this. You're looking for that. Um, I, I think that we should stop seeing each other. But I think again. But I think you're wonderful. Yeah, like, and, you and I wish you the one- best. And I wish and- you the best. Yeah, that's great because yeah. you
0: can still be kind. You can let someone yeah. down and still be kind.
1: But if you've slept with them, if you've had a little bit more interaction with that person, um, y- yeah, I would definitely say it in person. But not at the end of a great evening of having sex. <laughs> All right. And, like, yeah, and this isn't working. Yeah, by the way, that was breakup sex. Yeah. Yeah,
0: that's not probably very good. So this came from Joe who posted this on, on my Facebook page a big mistake that he has made, he said, is being filled with self-doubt and assuming women weren't interested in me by far. Do you find that that's common, that yeah. s- self-doubt comes in it's, the it's, way? It's, it's a
1: protection tool. Yeah. Yeah. Self-doubt, fear of rejection, um, past experiences where they haven't had a good Scenario, um, yeah, are definitely gonna weigh on a person and, and how break do down their confidence. Work
0: through that. You have to
1: build up your confidence in other ways so that you have other things to be confident in, so that you can continue going down a path or another path uh, and keep trying.
0: I really like that, especially because I think we can hyperfocus on the thing that's we feel insecure about. Yeah. Instead of going, oh, I could actually work on this passion of mine or delve yeah. into this curiosity and. And just have fun. And then you may
1: actually end up meeting someone by default. Absolutely. Especially when you're in your comfort zone and you're doing things that you're happy with. But also, if you consistently notice that the same pattern happens to you with women, then you have to do research about how you are putting yourself out there, how you're talking to women, how you're approaching women, and, and test out some other things for you. So you have to gain experience in other areas around that area of women.
0: So I got a really interesting question from a listener named Mickey. And I asked Dr. Megan Fleming of Great Life, Great Sex, what she would have to say about this. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Marnie, too. Mickey wrote this. Hello there. I really enjoy your podcast and I've learned so much. Thank you, Mickey. I'm in a tough spot right now because I'm falling hard for an asexual man, which wouldn't be a problem if I were asexual too. We started out as friends and he shared early on that he identifies as a romantic asexual. So basically he enjoys romance and relationships just not sex he enjoys cuddling and kissing so that's good he told me he's falling for me too which thrills and terrifies me is there a way to make this work I figure I should think this through before we're officially dating but you really want to give this a go thank you so much for your question Mickey it's such an important one here's what dr. Megan Fleming had to say
2: Mickey thanks so much for your question And, you know, I think it's really fantastic that you are slowing things down to sort of listen to yourself and think about this big picture. Um, because, you know, even though this man identifies himself as sort of a romantic asexual, which is important, right? Because romantic asexuals really do desire um, and have a drive for finding and having a significant other. Unlike um, the repulsed asexuals, the flexible or the aromantic and I'm sure August has gone into this in an episode, or certainly could be a future episode, because I think there isn't really a lot um, known about asexuality. There's not a lot in, uh, in a sense, of the research or the literature, in part because they really represent a small part of the population. It's really about one to two percent of the population, and yet. Um, it's really important we understand and know more about uh, their interests, their needs, their desires, and especially as you're potentially going to be in a, a, a partnership or a relationship with somebody who self-identifies as asexual. So first of all, I think you're only even entertaining this because he is romantic, right? He does enjoy the touching and the kissing. And my sense is, and that's a part of what really works for you, because as you said, you know, Listen. If you were asexual, this wouldn't even be on the on the table or a topic of conversation. But this is an important piece for you, which is only you can identify for yourself how important sexuality is, um, and you know the, the in that it's about giving and receiving pleasure, sort of embodied. Um, you know, and that can lead to orgasm. That might mean, you know, for many women, it's even whether or not there's an orgasm is really enjoying penetration. Um, so I think, you know, one thing that's true is, you know, of those who are identifying romantic asexual, some of them are flexible, right? And, you know, is, is this man that you're, um, falling for, is he flexible? Because, they are often open to the idea of sex because they see the benefit for their partner. Um, in fact, some men and women really can even come to enjoy sex. So I think this is an important distinguishing piece and part of the conversation to be having. You know, Is he flexible? Has he in the past um, had sex or enjoyed sex with partners? Because when and if that's not on the table and he's not interested, like I said, only you know your own sexuality and what's enough for you. And I think so often when we for someone cuz listen i often say we don't have chemistry with everyone and it doesn't happen every day and it really is unique and special um and we never want to throw out the baby with the bathwater that being said um if if he's really knowing himself cuz i believe we're all our own self as expert is like you know what i'm not flexible in fact i'm more on the repulsive side right and um, you know there's definitely never going to be anything more explicitly directly sexual then you have to be honest with yourself because i don't know whether or not that would be a fulfilling relationship you know i often see that you know when sex is going well is a very small part of the relationship but when it's not going well or you know there's desire discrepancies or sexual dysfunction or difficulties that unfortunately cast a shadow of uh, a, a huge shadow and weight over the relationship as a whole. So, I think, you know, it's great that you're opening the dialogue between the two of you. You might want to think about checking out um and speaking with a therapist, uh, potentially specifically a sex therapist, uh ASEC, which is the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors and Therapists, um certify sex educators and uh counselors. And those those are people who I would feel good referring you to. But really, I think having a conversation so you can even think out loud about your own sexuality, the meaning of sex in previous relationships, what you look for, seek desire um, in a relationship, in a partner. Because I think you first want to get real clarity for yourself. And then that's going to help facilitate the conversations that you want to be having. Um, with your partner here and so I the part I want to highlight which is where I started which is it's really great that before you dive in head 1st you're aware that these are you know warning signs flags that you really do need to be paying attention to um, because Only you know ultimately what you want, need, and seek in a relationship and whether or not, depending on, as I said, you know, is he flexible? Um, has he considered in a sense, you know, as Emily Nagasaki talks about in her book, Come As You Are, you know, often people who identify as asexual, they have sluggish accelerators. And by that, I mean, it's almost like their brakes are on all the time inhibitions and they can be religious, familial, cultural, you know, histories of abuse or wanted sexual experiences you know, my sense is, is he even curious to understand what his brakes might be and whether or not he has a sluggish accelerator? Because in that context, right, it's hard for uh, the brains of someone who um, has a sluggish accelerator to even be sensitive to pick up on things that are sexual or sexy. So I hope that just as you're curious and introspective and, um, asking this question of yourself, that he too is curious and introspective because he might then have a better sense of his own context and identity in a sense with being asexual. And I think all of that information and having, um, I always say, not one definitive conversation but a series of conversations is what's going to be most helpful to you both. So as always, love to hear how it goes.
0: Thank you so much, Dr. Megan. I always love what she has to say. One thing that occurred to me when I heard Mickey's question was that... There are lots of ways to feel sexual fulfillment. So in every case, I think, is so different. And, you
1: well, know, obviously it's not important for this guy. So it's not always important in every relationship. There's different things, as you just said, that can give you that same spark that sexuality and sexual yeah, intercourse can provide. Exactly. Uh, she just has to find out if she can be OK with that right. and communicate to him other things that he can be doing within his own realm that mm-hmm. will spark that for her. I mean, it sounds like things are going wonderful. Like maybe actual yeah. intercourse isn't that important for her. Or if there is a way for them later on down the road for him to be able to provide her with that sexual pleasure, even though he is asexual. right? Like if they can have it on a schedule, I know that's not sexy, but like if there is once a week where he were to do something that's romantic to do something sexual for your partner, even though right. it's not something that drives him.
0: And you may get a lot of pleasure out of that, you know, or yeah. maybe it's her masturbating and yes. he knows about it. Or he's Or in front of him. He's there too. Or, you know, because I do think we get a lot of pleasure out of a partner's pleasure. So it'd depend on his own comfort level. And I think yeah. having that vulnerable conversation would be important. I do know that some people in a situation like this have arrangements where maybe they are able to have sex with Another person, yeah, yeah. So again,
1: there's so many different options. There's so that's the thing. There's it's not like in a box and limited for you. Mm -hmm. The only thing I would advise to her is to not think that this is like. A state he's in for right now that can shift later, or that he's a guy, so of course he's sexual. And I don't think she is, but I'm just saying for other people who are listening, who are like, guys aren't asexual, because people do believe that. Um, you have to respect that this could be how he believes and how he thinks and how he acts forever, whether this is because of trauma that happened to him in the past or just because of how
0: or his orientation, his
1: orientation and how he exists. That this is who he is, and the only way that's going to shift is by him making that shift which may never happen because it never
0: works to go in and think you're going to change someone right yeah whether it's about sex or something else
1: yeah or to think oh but maybe he's thinking about somebody else that way and maybe he's not a like that's where it can it can mess with you and in any relationship Whether somebody says they're asexual or they're saying they're hypersexual and they suddenly become not so sexual with you. Like all of those mind games can exist. That's why you being in a good place and understanding where he's at and then constant check-ins and communication. Yeah, yeah. It's
0: such a good point. And our sexuality can be really fluid. so. Who yeah. knows? Anything My sexuality is
1: totally fluid. I'm yeah. totally different from where I was when I was 22, mm-hmm. and I will be very different in 10 years, probably.
0: Yeah, yeah. Which is a beautiful thing. Yeah, I think, and knowing that that's not only normal but part of the adventure. Yeah, it's okay to it's embrace part of our that. biological makeup too. Yeah, totally. Our hormones totally. are shifting.
1: Different things that are going on in our lives are constantly happening, and yeah.
0: all of us are kind of different, and it's yeah. okay. It's so true. I got another response about a dating mistake from a woman who said that she did not trust her instincts. She met somebody, she felt like creeped out a little bit, but she thought he was really hot. She said she was really horny, so it turned into a relationship, which I think we can all fall into that, right? Like we just get really caught up in it. And And it's exciting. Why not
1: go on the roller coaster?
0: Totally, totally. And it's so easy to talk ourselves out of that fear instinct when it's there for a reason. So I guess when that happens, I think just taking it slow, because there's also fear around the new feelings sometimes, you know, yeah. sorting that out can be hard.
1: Yeah. So what, so what happened with her that she just didn't trust her instinct and something happened or? She said that this- they just
0: ended up in a really rocky relationship. It sounds like it's past tense, so she's not in it anymore, okay. but it sounds like there was some re- regret around that. And I think we all learned that. I, I've certainly not trusted my instincts in the past. There's a great book I recommend way too often, probably called Gift of Fear. Are you familiar? Yeah. By Gavin DeBecker. It's awesome. But it's all about trusting your fear instincts. He works with the CIA to determine when something is a threat and when it's not, and oh, interesting. To listen to your fear. It's so incredible. It's full of stories of people who have saved their own lives. Yeah, it's really That's awesome. Really interesting. Yeah, it changed my life a lot because I feel like there've been so many times. Actually, I was recommended this book by um, my then boyfriend, who he I had received flowers from somebody, a stranger in the neighborhood, who shouldn't have known quite where I lived because I lived like behind a house. Mm -hmm. and knew my name I didn't know this guy's name and gave me his phone number didn't know didn't even try to find out if I was single or not and my immediate reaction was like oh my gosh I should call and be like oh I'm so sorry but blah 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 and and so that book helped me see wait a minute what do I need to apologize do I need to even do anything you know if this is a good guy and somebody who's not going to be harmful and just maybe a little awkward he's just going to understand this If he's creepy and Mm -hmm. like a stalker, I don't want to give him attention at all. Mm -hmm. I know. And it's difficult.
1: It's difficult to make those choices. It's funny because, so I do videos on YouTube and I was taking this article that I had written a while ago and trying to repurpose it for an article and I- I was like, oh my God, this is like so un-PC for now. Like this is from a year ago, the article. And I was like, okay, I have to shift these things and be super sensitive to what other people are hearing because exactly what you're saying, there's so much charge out there now. And it's making us sort of, Stop dead in our tracks and not take any action because of all of this fear of what could potentially. So happen. how did you, what was a way you had to change? Well, I'm not changing. That's what I've decided. Is okay. That if I'm not PC, then that's okay because it's if it's if I still resonate with that opinion that I put out there before, then I'm proud of it and mm-hmm. I'm okay with putting that out there. And the yeah. th- truth is, if I say the most PC thing in the entire world, somebody's still gonna bite my head off in some way. It's true. Mm-hmm. We have to be true to ourselves. More yeah. Than anything. So it's better to put the real truth out there. Like I don't really know the full details of this, but we talked about it on our podcast yesterday. The guy who played Superman who had made a statement about how because of the Me Too movement, he has extreme like approach anxiety now. And again, I might be quoting this incorrectly, but that's what was quoted to me on my show. I have to research it a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Um, But that women lashed out at him and he ended up apologizing, which I I don't think that was the right choice. For him to apologize. No way. Because he is talking about an emotion, a fear, something that he's not – an. A, a jerk. He's not going yeah. out and hitting women. He's saying because of all of this Me Too stuff, I do not ha- know how to navigate the world with women. I don't know how to approach a woman anymore without possibly offending her or insulting her. So it's having me not approach and interact with women. I'm a good guy who doesn't want to piss you off or. So he was sharing
0: you. a vulnerable feeling, completely basically. vulnerable yeah.
1: feeling and an insecurity, and he got pounced on, and then he apologized for it. Mm. And I don't think that he should apologize for that truth. He wasn't being an asshole. Mm. So I think that I think shutting down his voice because of people being angry yeah it, it's it's a very negative thing I,
0: I totally hear you I think I think some of the criticism for people who are and I didn't hear about this situation but I think sometimes people feel like when a guy is saying look now I have this problem I think they hear it that way like oh now I have this problem look what you have done instead yeah. of like Okay, how can I learn from like, okay, so this Me Too yeah. stuff's happening, I feel awkward,
1: what can I do better? You know, yeah, sometimes Or the problem is like I don't know what to do and I also have an issue that's going on. But because I'm a guy, I'm not supposed to say anything and how are you going to know how to navigate yourself and how am I supposed to know how to navigate myself if we don't admit this to each other? Yeah, And then help one another. I think that a lot of the people, I understand that you have to be angry first to make change and like be really extreme. I I do get that rationally in my brain. But when you're angry and you're harsh and you're abrasive towards another group to elevate yourself, Mm -hmm. then you just make an angrier group that is now on the lower end and it doesn't really help everybody get to that place of equality and being heard. I know what you're saying. It's a negative. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, completely. I respect the anger, too. And I also know that, at least for me, what, what seems to work is I get really angry. And then I try to figure out, what can I do that's productive? That's amazing. I mean, but that's my personality, too. I'm, I'm you know, I just, I feel like, okay, so how can I understand how these other people are feeling? That's amazing. Because if we're all feeling these things that, because actually, if we allow men to be more vulnerable it's going to help all the me too stuff because so much of the energy is going into this idea of masculinity where they have to be non-feeling people Mm -hmm. and they have to be really um, hypersexual and turned on all the time and all that stuff. And it's like, we're all allowed to have feelings. Let's, but I do think that it would be great to have more conversation where there are more questions and like, well, okay, so I'm feeling comfortable. How, how can I do this? Like, I thought I was being a good guy. How do I know if I'm being a good guy? How do you answer those questions? Because I bet you hear from a lot of people who are like, yeah. it's Me
1: Too stuff. Now what do I do? Well, people were starting to pop up with those questions. So I did a survey because I was at one point, because I have uh, two little boys. And so I, I wanted to help them navigate this world from a young age to understand how to be expressive and to be okay with their sensitivities, but still be masculine men. Same thing that I want for all the people that I work with. Like I don't want to turn guys into wimps or douchebags. I want them to be like solid, awesome guys who ask for what they want. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to do some research. And I was asking them like how the Me Too movement has affected them. And then questions about their upbringing, what they were told, what they were hearing from the media, what friends were saying. It was really sad to hear what some men had brought up, been brought up believing. Like, so many men were told, like, "Don't be a wuss, man up." And I, I mean, that's not even like the extreme part, but basically, they were just saying, like, "I was told to shut up if I ever had a feeling in any way." Nobody ever coddled me because somebody hurt my feelings. They just told me to buck up and like move on and be strong, and and that's not helpful to men they they do need more tools like I mean women lend men some of your tools help a brother out because we have so many tools that are provided to us as we should because we were in a state before where we needed those tools and I think it's wonderful where we are and we're requesting equality but what we're actually doing is making inequality again because we're pushing men down to, to to gain that equality when we could be making something really beautiful by helping Men out to understand us, as opposed to being against them. So a much
0: more collaborative. Yeah, listen, I know that there are
1: some jackasses out there and some guys who totally and it's never okay what they're
0: doing. When someone is assaulted, it's never okay or 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 anyone's fault for like, it's you know it doesn't make it like your upbringing doesn't make assault
1: okay. No, but it makes your ideas of masculinity understandable yes but then it also it skews your view of men because you think that that's all men the men that i work with i work with hundreds of thousands of men all over the world They are the guys who are afraid to approach now because of Me Too, because they're good and solid and awesome and respectful men. So these are the men that need to be helped. It's not the douchebags and the creeps out there. They've already got their own agenda. They need to be hearing the stuff that's going Mm -hmm. on for Me Too and being punished for things that they've done that have been incorrect. But for these other men who are like solid, good men who all they want to do is make a woman happy, these are the men who need to understand it more.
0: Some of my guy friends who are these guys Mm -hmm. have told me they're like, well, I just am good to like I'm just kind I treat people the way I treat people so like I would not I would never treat a woman any differently like even if I'm interested in her I'm not going to go and grab her or touch her or say you know I wouldn't say anything like that to a friend of mine who I'm not romantically interested in so why would I treat a woman that way um so Is that? Do you think that that concern is is valid or not valid? Because feelings are valid, of course. But like, do you think that in a lot of cases, the guys who are worried are already fine? Like, they're already
1: so kind and they're respectful and all that. So, well, they're not fine because they're still not getting what they want. They're not getting women who are attracted to them. They're not getting women who are seeing them. I'm not saying all of them, but the ones that are talking to. But a portion of them Mm -hmm. are okay. I'm I'm being respectful. I'm being kind, but I'm not. I'm not turning women on. I'm landing in the friend zone every single time. So what what can I shift to make that change so that I can have that edge that these other guys seem to have without being a dick on the back So I know end. you
0: have the F formula, which involves a lot of this. Yeah. And I want people to be able to find that at winggirlmethod.com. Um, but could you give us maybe one or two pieces, like yeah. little hints of advice from that method?
1: Yes, absolutely. It's, a, it's about... Mainly learning how to flirt, but a lot of guys forget to be playful, forget to flirt, forget to tease, and I'm I not asshole way but in like a in a playful way with women when they're on their dates they remove all of their sexuality all of their intentions and hide it and become these muted uh, monotone versions of themselves that are polite and respectful and wonderful but it doesn't really showcase their personality so therefore a woman can't connect
0: so they're not being fully authentic like they're, they're not being authentic. they normally would be flirty but they're holding back
1: well sometimes they normally would be flirty or they don't really know how to be flirty. So what they're doing instead is they're, they're saying, "Okay, I'm I'd be such a great boyfriend. Here are all the wonderful things that I can do. Here's how I could be really, really nice to you. Here's how I would treat you," which is wonderful but it doesn't spark attraction for a lot of women that's not really something that like even you said in the in the woman who wrote him before like okay I was looking for something more serious and suddenly this guy came along who was really good looking and really charming and and I got into a rocky relationship from him so it's it's teaching men how to get that charming personality and be charming with women but still be
0: without it being superficial right because one thing that turns me off so much is that like fakey flirty thing that feels like really
1: false and like rehearsed and stuff Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and i and so how do that must be an interesting thing to navigate how do you make sure you're being authentic to yourself
1: well the thing is that you have to try things out that other people have done first and then tweak things on your own so one of the suggestions that i give to guys is to go to an improv class because that's one place that i went to where it helped me develop my wit And I think once you learn how to have that banter back and forth and you learn things that can be said to other people and you're having a safe space where you can kind of flub and make mistakes with your wit and with the things that you put out there and then get feedback from other individuals, it really helps you sort of – Um, finesse the way that you are you do banter with people and you can be playful with people and another way is to watch comedians and watch romantic comedies to watch how guys you know how how they flirt with women and how those women respond
0: I have to say though so many romantic comedies I feel like they have those storylines that are like the guy is a little he crosses boundaries a lot and it's like ooh, romantic, you know, where, like, he follows her to the airport and he follows her to her apartment and he shows up in her apartment and stuff like that. So, like, I, I hear what you're saying, like, the, the the banter. Yeah. Like, the the communication and stuff like that. Um, but do you feel like some of the media and the entertainment, like the fairy tales we've been told, does that give people an idea of what it's supposed to be like that's yeah. healthy or not healthy? How do you feel about that?
1: I don't know if it's healthy or not healthy to have this uh, those ideas, but it's also looking at the person who's in front of you and whether or not those things are going to happen and in what way they would display something similar. Like, for example, my husband is, is very sweet and romantic and wonderful, but he, you know, would never do the things that were in romantic comedies. But I understand that and I know that about him. And if I want those things done, I have to ask for them. And I have to give him a little bit of guidance to trigger those things. He won't naturally do those things on his own because he showcases love and admiration and romance in completely different ways. So it's about understanding what's romantic to him. And when he does those things, then it's the equivalent of like running through the airport
0: after mm. me. So I gotcha. Yeah. And I like that you can ask for the things. You know? Yeah.
1: Well, I remember for like one of my birthdays, I said for this birthday, this is a month before, I said for this birthday, I want a Marnie birthday. I want you to plan something for mm-hmm. me and I want you to do something that's for me and that I would love. I'll leave that up to you. And he ended up putting together a scavenger hunt. He, you know, met me in our living room. He gave me $5 bills <laughs> and a card and he sent me on an adventure and he had me do different activities. But he would have never done that on his own.
0: And it wasn't any less sweet,
1: right? No, and actually, it was awesome. and
0: sometimes it's, it's even sweeter in a way. To because I feel like we also have this idea: everything has to be so spontaneous. Everything from our orgasms and our sex. I to like, when we see that on TV or movies? It's like it happens in three seconds. Oh yeah, everyone's hard and wet at the same moment, and bing, bang, boom, everyone comes. And the same thing yeah, with that's like, rarely ever happens. Everything to has me. to be this big surprise. Yeah, and it's like planning it actually could be really cool because he's listening to your once. yeah, but you have to be okay with that. Yeah, that's true as well. That's where you're true. You're like, oh, I have to tell you to
1: do this, and I know that that's a struggle for a lot of people as yeah. well. I, I will say, like, going back to your question, like, is it hurting people? I, I I think it can, depending on what attitude you have and what expectations you have on. Other people. If you happen to be with somebody who's like Mr. Romantic, and you know that that's something that he's going to do, then yes, you can expect him to run through an airport or like you know do a dance in the middle of the street with fifty people behind mm-hmm. him. Mm-hmm. But it's really about knowing who the person is that you're you're, yeah. you're with and dating. So true, so true.
0: Yeah, I have found that um, friendship can be such a beautiful way to start a relationship. Um, but it's really interesting because when I met my husband, I didn't know he was interested in me because we were. He was so respectful, like so respectful, and didn't but see do that goes that back stuff. to what we
1: were talking about before. So did yeah. that spark anything for you?
0: It was the perfect thing. Yeah, it was absolutely the best thing because I, there were no pretenses. So neither one of us were trying to be anybody we weren't, and just through these kind of doing things we loved, you know, going to a concert that we really enjoyed and um, spending time together, and it just there was never like a oh let's let's try this or maybe I'll you know even our first kind of quote date was we just had plans to do something and just things were just evolving so sometimes just you know something yeah. takes over yeah which is beautiful but I have friends who are like I can't meet a guy like they they feel like they intimidate people and they're really strong personalities and they have a lot going on for them they're like late 30s and just really set and they've had a hard time just kind of connecting in the way that they would when they were like twenty or twenty five, where they just felt like, Oh, dating is much easier for some reason. Do you find that? Does that is that a common concern people say? Like I've just not Yes. Yeah. What do yeah. you say to that?
1: Well, it's like the whole bunch of things to be broken down. Like there's nothing wrong with being an assertive woman. There's nothing wrong with having a whole bunch of things going on in your life that should be and must be rewarded. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I do notice and this may be not be the category that your friends are in that women who and men who are older they have more walls up so that it, it does become more challenging for the other person to fit into their lives or they discard people a lot sooner i'd have to find out more about what else is going on yeah, with your yeah. friends um and- i hear what you're saying like when you've when you've built a life for yourself there is less
0: room, arguably, you know, like if you're so used to living in your own place, and you're just like, I don't really want to share this life yet. But I do want to meet someone. And then, and then also all the other experiences we've had, it can be easy to have kind of old wounds that make
1: intimacy kind of scary. Yeah, completely. So I'd have to find out more about what's going on with these women to sort of understand. But like the girlfriend that I was out with last night, um, she just said there's a lot of jerks out there in Los Angeles that's all that there is if you're good looking you're a jerk and that was her belief system Mm -hmm. so like even she was at a grocery store the other day and she was in line and there was this really cute guy and she thought he was very attractive and she said oh he's probably a jerk in her head and then they started talking and he was actually very sweet and then she's like why didn't I ask him out or why didn't I pursue that more it was because she was afraid because her past experience had said if you're good looking then you're going to break my heart in some." way and Aww. so therefore she's not really open to those people and it's challenging to become open to people when you have past experiences that are yeah. building up because even walls. your body
0: tries to protect you you get that yeah, kind yeah of exactly flight what you're talking about thing. about the fear thing it's
1: like okay there's that fear then I have to trust my instinct and something's not right
0: yeah so she able to start moving past that you think
1: no, yeah. I think she's gonna move to a different city, Aww. and that's how she'll move past it. But and that's okay sometimes yeah, to do yeah. as well. In order for you to shift a belief system, you might have to change your location or yeah. what you're doing, and and that can that can work for some people. I hear that so often that LA is just the worst place to. It's a harsh place. <laughs> it's hard. It it's is hard. funny because and maybe you experience the same thing. But when you are out in that single scene and it's like dun 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 da, we're gonna uh-huh. like swipe right and do this and like go to a bar. It it's very fast moving and. So so myself, I don't know where you live now, but we live in like a really nice community where there's only like the sweetest people in the entire world. So I now I look at LA like, oh, there aren't really douchebags here. I'm not interacting with any of them. So I, I, I can understand that. I think it's just like what we said at the beginning of the show, it's being more clear on what you want, understanding red flags um, about certain people's behaviors, asking good questions that don't seem like interrogation and being. Being a little bit more open-minded and not, I think a lot of women also, and this may not be your friends, but sometimes they they have men jumping through hoops in order for them to open up um, and make it a little bit more challenging because of past experiences that they've had. Mm. So maybe that could be part of what's going on. What kind of hoops you mean? I'm saying it in such like a manly way by saying jump through hoops. And, and it's not like that, but it's, it's a way for them to protect themselves. Like... They're they're not open with them until they get a reason to be open as opposed to starting off uh, open so that they can allow that person to also be comfortable and open as well. It's like there's a tough exterior first that needs to be cracked. Mm-hmm. But for men who are also a little bit older who respect themselves, some of them are like, I don't want to crack you. Like, I need to be cracked too. Let's just try being open and see what we can have between us. And they, some really good men may give up on having to – prove themselves too much. And a lot of these women aren't even doing it consciously. Um, And it can happen on uh, on the man's side as well. It's just about people protecting themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's really interesting. I bet people will hear that and go, oh, I wonder if that's what I'm doing, you know, because it can be easy if you've been really hurt to kind of oh, I don't know if I want to open my heart.
1: Yeah, and I completely understand that. Mm -hmm. But you have to like breathe through it and just say, okay, I noticed that I'm doing this. Okay, now I'm going to relax my body language more and ask a question. Yeah. I'm going to put a smile on my face. Like just like little things that can shift that you may not be aware that you're doing. So um, uh, one of my friends is a dating coach for women and she goes out with them places uh, to just assess their body language, help them with their style. Um, Like, facilitate conversations with them and with men and really just to be like a, th- a a third person watching a scenario and analyzing and she said a lot of the women that she goes out with um, who say yeah I'm really open to being approached and I want guys to approach me I want to strike up conversation when she goes out with them these women sit with this angry face resting bitch face they have their arms crossed and their body language turned away from other individuals and and they don't—they're not aware of it. So that's—that's that's why I'm saying that that may be what is going on. And plus, men, especially the men that I work with, they're not going to approach anybody who they're not 100% certain wants to be approached. And what they're taught from people like myself, or you know, other people that are out there coaching men, is that you know, women who do want to be approached are making eye contact or are slightly smiling at you in some way. But ultimately, it's up to you. And so it's there's just all this. Fear happening and almost protection happening. So, I think the more aware, if we have a goal of we want to go and meet people, we have to make it easier for people to want to meet us.
0: I love that you mentioned the and that you're teaching people the signs when someone wants to be approached because getting approached when you don't want to be approached is.
1: So annoying sometimes. It's very annoying. Listen, I tell the guys that I work with. I say I can tell you a million signs to look for, but the one sign I want you to pay attention to is the one in your head that says, "She looks interesting. I want to approach her," and listen to that, and then listen to her when she says, "I don't want you approaching me," so that it can end because you're doing a disservice to women if you are waiting for like a big light above her head that says, I'm available. I'm single. I want you to approach me. You're going to be waiting forever. That's never going to happen for you. So listen to your signs, but then pay attention to hers as well. And realize
0: your signs are not what she's Um, giving off necessarily. Right. Exactly. And you can take a step, right? And then listen for the answer. And I feel like sometimes somebody approaches and they're, you know, have good intentions. Again, I think most people are, are kind and well-intended, but some people are don't have the social skills yeah. or whatever. Um, maybe it's a personality thing, but sometimes people just, it's like you feel like you're giving off all these clues and it's really They're not hard to say, please leave me alone right now. Mm-hmm.
1: That's a hard thing to say. It's a really hard thing to say because also in the past, there's a lot of men have not taken it well when they've heard those things. So it's, again, it's all this fear. It's all of these things protecting us. And women are much more subtle than men. Um, and especially a man that's in his head and nervous is not really going to pay attention to some signs that say, like, back the hell off. I don't want to be bothered by yeah. you right now. By that guy, yes, but not by you. Right. So so assisting them with noticing those signs and things to pay attention for and also helping them by giving them skills for better conversation with women and arming them in that capacity, it'll make for better interactions for everybody. And then if people are not interested, then it can end very shortly and people can go back to their day.
0: You know what I would love? If people, after someone makes a boundary clear, you thank them for it. Yeah. I've tried to practice that in my own life. It's something I I work on still, where I'll ask someone, "Is can I hug you? If they say no, I try to say Thanks for letting me know that. Thank you. And then just move on and don't make a big thing out of it. And I thought, what a cool thing would it be if somebody approached you and they kind of think you might be interested and you say, you know what? No. And they said, thank you. I feel like both people would be honest. I think that is happening now. Oh, good. Thank God.
1: Yeah. Because most people are not saying that. Yeah. Um, And so there are people who are saying, thanks for letting me know awesome okay
0: everyone doing that
1: out there thank you yeah. keep doing it
0: it's awesome because it just takes away because i have felt so guilty telling someone to you know mm-hmm. even though the feminist in me is like good job and then I still hurt like, somebody's me. feelings my my minnesota upbringing like be nice to everyone feeling good girl stuff comes up and i'm like oh i feel so bad he looks so dejected like <laughs> so just going like there's ways we can all be kind about this, and it doesn't have to be a big deal. And it's cool to put yourself out there. It takes it's guts, and yeah, it, it is, is hard. hard. It is hard. So before I ask you for one last uh, tip, I would love for people to know again where to find you social media, what are the best places?
1: Um, I have my website, wingirlmethod.com and as you said, I have a free giveaway where it's a book called 10 Mistakes Men Make with Women and How to Avoid Them. So if you put your email address in the opt-in area, you will get that sent to your mailbox uh, within five minutes of signing up and then you can also check out my podcast, the Ask Women podcast and then my YouTube channel. Um, It's just looking up Marnie Wingirl and you will find me. And I have tons of videos on there with like actionable information that actually yeah. it helps for for specific things like how to talk to women, how to approach. It's the it's really the how to and the step by step guidance on how to do these things.
0: I really appreciate your being so true to yourself because I think that gives such a good example too. In addition to giving information about these different tactics and lessons and stuff like that, it's so important to have people out there saying, you know what, this is what I believe. And I talk to a lot of people, and here's what I believe. And if it works for you, then that's great. And if it's not your You're your an little, idiot. ideal, but no, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but thank you so much for being here thank you so would you share one piece of advice that you feel like is so needed that we just tend not to hear because I know we hear a lot of dating rules and all these different strategies and some of them kind of become like you know yeah pop phrases what's what's one thing that actually
1: works that you find you have to turn people? yourself on first before you're going to turn anybody else on I love that it works in the bedroom too yeah hundred yeah, percent. If yeah. you're closed off and uncomfortable, like that's not super sexy and it's not gonna turn somebody else on. But yeah. if you're proud of being in that bedroom, if you're and it's a hard thing to do. I'm not saying it's like so easy to be comfortable naked and so easy to be like a sexual, sensual being. It's it's challenging, but it's about pushing yourself and being in your body and outside of your head and making a note to do those things and same thing with being out there and walking down the street every single day like you have to remind yourself that you are awesome to own who you are and you know you'll take things as they come
0: that's such an excellent advice and I think knowing that helps us create that ownership yeah this is you are your own self, your own sexuality, all this stuff. It's not putting the responsibility on someone else to, like yeah, you said, prove job. themselves, do that stuff. If you know your body, you know it turns you on emotionally, intellectually, sexually, you're going to be so far ahead. Yeah, for sure. 100%. For sure. Thank you again for being here. Thank you. And if you're enjoying Girl Boner Radio, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, and leave us a rating while you're there. Thank you so much for listening, and have a beautiful Girl Boner Embracing Week.